everybody, and thanks for checking out the Science in 10 podcast. My name is Claire Hill, a PhD student at Oxford University, and I study interdisciplinary bioscience. Science is all about discovering things that have never been discovered before. It's one of the most exciting fields, but there's so much science research going on out there, it's hard to keep track. So each podcast, I will take a new topic, summarise the science, outline the debates and hopefully excite you about the future. This is my first ever podcast, so check out the Science in 10 website to see those that are planned for the next few months. What science has got you thinking? What topics would you like to learn more about? Send in your suggestions and I will get podcasting. We've all had a gut feeling about something, someone or somewhere. The milk in the fridge which seems past its best, the person roaming around the bus stop making us cling onto our handbags a little tighter, or the dark alleyway with horror film vibes we avoid on the way home. Scientists are beginning to figure out just how much our gut feelings impact our lifestyle and health, and how the microbes inhabiting our gut might be more in control of us than we think. You might be surprised to hear that our bodies are more microbe than human. Professor Robert Knight from the University of California and author of Dirt is Good and Follow Your Gut has said that counting up all our cells, we are actually only 43% human. So what exactly makes up the other 57% of us? Our bodies are home to many microbes, mainly bacteria, but also fungi, viruses and single-cell organisms called archaea. All these organisms make up our microbiota. Like us, these microbes carry genetic material, programming them on how to live and work. Adding together all the genetic material from these microbes into one big mixing pot, we get our microbiome. Today I'll be talking about how our microbiome affects health and disease. It's so important that scientists have coined it our second genome. Microbes are present on our skin, in our saliva, and one particular mixing pot which they like to inhabit is our gut. Babies are colonised with their microbiota during birth and breastfeeding. During a baby's first year, their gut microbiota is simple and undergoes lots of change. After the age of two, a child's microbiota becomes more stable and similar to an adult's. Scientists have shown that our genes and environment have a big impact on our gut microbiota. Our diets, lifestyle, exercise and hygiene all affect the microbes that live in and on us. The number of biological processes and reactions going on in the microbiota of our gut equals that of the liver. This means that we carry around a whole other organ in microbe form. Our bodies and microbiota live together most of the time in perfect harmony. Microbes do jobs for us which we can't do ourselves. Digesting the carbohydrates we can't digest and producing the vitamins which we can't produce. Scientists for a long time have appreciated these roles. 
but recently they have discovered microbes play very unexpected roles in health and disease. Scientists have shown that the microbes which inhabit our gut may be affecting our body weight and insulin resistance related to diabetes. Obesity has been associated with reduced bacterial diversity and a reduced representation of a specific subgroup of bacteria called bacteroidetes. During obesity, there are also more microbes present which extract the energy from our food and this affects our metabolism. Reshaping our gut microbiota, for better or worse, may aid weight loss or cause weight gain. How do we reshape our gut microbiota? One way to do this is via our diet. There's lots of talk these days about probiotics and prebiotics. So let's break these terms down. Or not actually, because prebiotics are foods which we can't break down. Certain carbohydrates and fermentable fibres are considered prebiotics. They're indigestible by the human body, but are a favourite of our gut microbiota. Fermentation of the fibre happens in the large intestine, producing lots of energy to feed certain gut microbes and making compounds which have been shown to have lots of health benefits for us. Oats, barley, bananas, citrus fruits, root vegetables, nuts and legumes are considered prebiotic sources. Probiotics, on the other hand, are live bacteria and yeasts which are directly administered, perhaps via yogurts and supplements. Commonly, the lactobacillus and bifidobacterium strains are those that are included. There is conflicting evidence about whether or not these probiotic bacteria fully establish themselves in our gut. But studies do suggest that they may still be effective in improving lactose tolerance and in reducing cholesterol. They may also downregulate inflammation and hypersensitivity in the gut. So, all good things. Scientists are beginning to understand the types of food needed to promote a healthy gut and the foods we would be better off avoiding although much more research is needed. For example, although the field is still controversial, there are many scientists highlighting how artificial sweeteners may not be such a sweet deal after all. Sweetener consumption has been shown to disturb metabolism, upsetting the gut microbiota in a number of species, even humans. The evidence is mounting that these sweeteners may not be as inactive in our systems as previously thought, and may have an impact on metabolic diseases. Further evidence is needed to improve our understanding of this, and figure out why. Strangely enough, it's not just what we eat, but when we eat it. Other factors which may impact our gut microbes is the pattern of food consumption during the day. Whether we go for three meals a day, or are a frequent snacker, this too might be having an effect. Scientists have observed in mice that intermittent fasting affects the gut microbiome and may alter insulin resistance in diabetic mice. Our gut microbes appear to be playing a role in affecting physical health. Scientists are now beginning to understand the role they play in mental health. An experiment carried out in mice demonstrates this perfectly. In fact, this is what inspired me to create this podcast. Certain breeds of lab mice have very particular personalities and characteristics, just like ourselves. For example, one might be a little shy and nervous, with another being fond of exploring, 
Scientists flipped the microbiome of two mice breeds with different personalities and amazingly, their personalities too appeared to flip. Even in humans, it has been shown that lactobacillus and bifidobacterium species can alleviate anxiety and depressive-like symptoms. Like a behaviour-altering parasite, which changes host behaviour to aid its transmission, our bacteria might have also developed techniques to alter our behaviour to get what they want. Our brains aren't the only decision-making machines in our bodies. We seem to be carrying around a whole other brain in our guts. This Christmas, whether it's the decision to head out to that festive party or get wrapped up cosy indoors with yet another leftover turkey sandwich, there might be more going on behind the scenes determining the decisions we make than we first thought. Thank you very much for tuning in to the first ever Science in 10 podcast, where we summarise the science in under 10 minutes. We'll be back with another episode in January 2019, and that one will be all about New Year's resolutions. So New Year, New Me, and how that relates to genetic engineering. Thanks again for tuning in. For now, all I have to say is I hope you have a lovely festive season and a happy new year.